If you guys got your Bibles, go to Galatians chapter 6. We're going to continue our study in Galatians. We're getting, we're getting closer to the end. This is the last chapter of Galatians. And so um, we're, we're, getting, we're coming in to the final stretch on Galatians. And so we'll... Uh, I, I'm, I've been, I don't know about you. How many of you guys have been loving this study through Galatians? I've been, as I've been prepping, as I've been writing, as I've been praying over this, man, there's been some stuff that's been brought up in my own heart. And my own life where I have needed um, to repent and I've needed to, to confess and God has been faithful and to, to draw that out. And man, it's, it's amazing. So Galatians chapter 6. Um, how many of you guys have ever heard the saying or heard somebody say, I'm, I'm a Christian, but I don't need the church? Uh, or they say... Yeah, I'm a Christian, but man, I don't, I don't need to go to the church because it's full of hypocrites. How many of you guys have heard that? Okay. We live in a culture, we live in a cultural Christian society that teaches that we, that we really don't need one another. That we really don't need each other. And that idea of community is just something that is a foreign idea and a foregone conclusion. Man, I don't need the church because it's just... I don't need him. And the idea of needing each other and living and doing life together can sometimes seem in the cultural Christianity as a hindrance or a bother rather than a blessing. And most people that attend churches, like let's just be honest, this room is filled with people that are fiercely independent. Like, We've got, there's a reason y'all live in such a small community. Man, you're like, man, get me away from people. Amen? Like, y'all are fiercely independent. And I'm one of the same way. I, I'm fiercely independent. I like to do my own thing. But that's not the model that Christ has given us in the Scriptures. If we're actually going to live out the Bible as it was intended, we should be willing to invest a lot of time and a lot of effort into each other. Like that, that has been given a mandate by God to invest time and effort into one another. So Paul's beginning the final thought process in the last chapter of Galatians. And so this letter, remember, who is the letter to? This is to the church. It's to the believers, to the church of Galatia. And he calls his brothers and sisters to fight for one another and not fight against each other, but rather to be in each other's corner. That, that's the idea in the text. So we're going to start, I'm going to read uh, the first seven verses and then we'll just unpack the text. So let's just go verse one. Brothers, if anyone is caught in any transgression, you who are spiritual should restore him in a spirit of gentleness. Keep watch on yourself, lest you too be tempted. Bear one another's burdens to fulfill the law of Christ. For if anyone thinks he is something when he is nothing, he's only deceiving himself. But let each one test his own work, and then his reason to boast will be in himself alone and not in his neighbor. For each will have to bear his own load. One who is taught the word 
must share all good things with those he teaches. Father, we thank you for the morning. We thank you for your word. And God, I pray that you would still our hearts, that you would cultivate our minds tonight or this morning through your word. And you'd guard us from any and all distractions that we would pursue you above all else. Um, We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. So verse 1, Paul says, Brothers, if any one of you is caught in a transgression or caught in a sin, the idea here is if someone is actually caught committing sin, if you know someone that is actively engaged in sin, caught in the snare of sin, and here's the thing, that could be a myriad of possibilities. Sin has a hellish pattern of snagging people into its clutches. So if someone is struggling in sin, we are not to leave them to die in their sin. Like, this is the, 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 the false ideology of the modern day church. Is that, man, we see someone that's in sin. It's, oh, I don't want to judge them. How? Horrible is it that you would, if you see someone walking in sin, they're heading to the depths of hell and you say nothing. That's, that's not love, that's hate. That's not love, that's hate. So if you know of someone that's struggling in sin, you're not to leave them alone, you're to go to them and, and, to, and to confront them in this. And we're to keep, keep them from destruction keep going in verse one if anyone's caught in a sin you who are spiritual restore him in a spirit of gentleness you are believers you who are believers are to go to the person that is ensnared in sin and we don't go to them in a rage or an anger about what they have been caught in we go to that person Rather, in a spirit of gentleness, in the hope, in the hopes of restoration. We don't come, when we know someone's caught in sin, man, we don't just, we don't go up to them and be like, you moron! How dare you! We, that's not how we do that. And how's that going to be received if I walk up to Sam and be like, Sam, you idiot! Like, how's that going to go? That's probably not going to go well, Right? Like, you don't come in, if I know that, that Jamie's in the midst of sin, I don't come to be like, what's wrong with you? Maybe you want to. I, anybody in the room, sometimes you want to? Fair enough. Like, I mean, I don't, I don't come to, I don't, I don't grab Chance and be like, what's wrong with you? Man, he's probably packing. I'm not touching that brother like that. Like, it's not happening. Like the te- and number one, I'm fearful for my own life. Number two, the scripture says, do it with gentleness. It's to come to a brother or come to a sister who is ensnared. The idea is tangled up, knotted up, twisted up in the, the pervasiveness and the filthiness of sin. We who are spiritual, that means those that are loving and following Jesus... We are to come to them in a spirit of gentleness in the hopes of restoration. And let me tell you, if you as a Christian are confronting anyone on their sin and your motive is anything other than to see reconciliation and redemption in that person's life, then you, you are the one that's in sin and you need to repent. 
Like we don't come to them with a I told you so attitude. Because here's the deal. I've told you this a hundred times. The ground around the cross is level. Like I'm, I'm no better than anybody else. But man, if I see a brother or a sister that's struggling in sin, I don't just go, well, that stinks for them. Just keep going. I, I, I go to them and say, listen, because I love you, I see this in your life. And I, I want to try to help. Let me help you. Let me help you. Please let me help you. So we are to go to them in, in a spirit of gentleness to help them along the way, not kick them while they're on their way down. Be kind to them in the midst of this season. Now, that's to the person that's going to confront. Be kind. Now, to the person that's being confronted, the person that's being confronted, if you're caught in sin in the midst of it, we need to be willing to sit under the counsel of a brother or sister who is coming to us in the hopes of seeing us restored. Because here's the thing. If you're in the middle of sin, how many of y'all love it when you're caught? Nobody likes it. Nobody likes to be busted. Nobody likes it. But if you see that brother or sister coming to you and saying, listen, I'm not trying to hurt you or wound you or judge you in any any way. I'm just coming to you saying, listen, I'm seeing some patterns in your life that maybe you're struggling here. How can I help? And if that brother or sister comes to you and does that, man, be willing to listen. Be willing to listen. Don't get, like, I'm talking mainly to guys. Men are, man, men, come on, fellas. We, can we get, Eric, can we just get, come at me. Oh, yeah? Oh, yeah? You who are spiritual, go to that person in a spirit of gentleness and see them restored. Here's the thing, it, it when we're in the midst of sin, sometimes it can feel like they're not being kind when sin is exposed. But man, it's, it's for the best. Just be patient before you react, before you respond. Just say, okay, I know this person. I know they love me. I know they care about me. And before I react in a, I'm going to wait. I'm going to pray. And God, reveal if there's some sin in my life, God, draw it out. Draw it out. And if it's true, we need to listen, repent, and confess where needed. Then not only do we go to that person that has been caught in sin, we are to make sure that we, as the person that's going, is not caught up in sin either. Sin is a heinous, hellish thing, and it can catch any one of us off guard. Amen? It can catch anybody off guard. Never think to yourself, not me. I'd never do that. Yeah, you probably would. Your sin nature has the, the propensity to sometimes put you in places that you think you would never be. What's that else? Sin will take you farther than you wanted to go, keep you longer than you wanted to stay. Right? Never think, not me, I'd never do that. Yeah, you probably would. That, that we are as restrained as we are as a society is proof that God is merciful. Whew. Sin is a hellish thing. Keep watch on yourself lest you be tempted to. 
Watch yourself. Just say it right now. Say, watch yourself. Yeah, watch yourself. Lest you fall. Take, take some self-inventory before you fall. And when you do, check yourself. Put up proper boundaries. Put up proper barriers in your life and so that you don't go off the rails. I'll never forget, I was a young man. I was a, I was a teenager and we were driving into New Mexico, Farmington, New Mexico. And we were coming down in our Ford van and the brakes went out. And as we're going down, like the only thing that was keeping us from the edge was this barrier. It was, it was a, thank God it was a tough barrier. Some of us in the room need to put tough barriers up in our lives so that we're not falling into the trap of sin. We need to put barriers in our lives in order to stay away from the, the fields of debauchery that Satan has laying for us. Boundaries give you the correct course to go. We've got to be careful. We've got to be careful. Verse 2. That's, that's verse 1. Let's go to verse 2 here. <clears throat> Bear one another's burdens so to fulfill the law of Christ. Bear one another's burdens. This idea is, is like an extra heavy weight. An extra heavy um, uh, just overloading bear uh, a burden on your shoulders and and there are seasons and times in our lives as Christians where we need somebody else to come alongside and help carry the weight of the burden that's happening in our lives amen like there's there's seasons and times if any one of us saw somebody struggling with a load outside like if I saw Tyler out front and he's struggling to carry something I'm not gonna be like that's a big load there bro Hey, if you're just, you know what, I'm up here in the, in the stands looking at you. Could you just put your hands under a little bit better? If you just re-grip that, you'd get it, buddy. No. What am I going to do if I see him struggling? Man, I'm going to run down. Let me get a hold of it with you. Let me hold it with you, brother. We got this together. We don't do that. We don't just say, good job. You're doing, you're doing good. Keep going. Keep doing your thing. No, we, if we saw anyone who's struggling with the load or, that are moving towards something, man, many of us are going to, at least, we're going to do anything we can to offer help. There is, so, there is no such thing. Now listen to this. There is no such thing as Lone Ranger Christianity. There's no such thing as you going off on your own and doing your thing. It's just me and Jesus. That's nowhere in the text. In fact, the Lone Ranger had Tonto. Right? Just thinking. You got that one for free. So we are to go and help lift some of the weight that is overwhelming to people. Anybody in the room ever been through some overwhelming weight in your life, spiritually speaking? Where it just crushes you? Man, don't hide that away. Like you're not supposed to be like, man, I don't want anybody to know I messed up. That's, uh, that's the biggest issue, I think, in the church world, is we've got so many people that are terrified that somebody else is going to know I'm a mess up. Guess what? I want to bring you all in. Look right at me. All of us are messes. Every single one of us is a mess, and it's okay that I know that you're a mess. And guess what? It's okay that you know that I'm a mess, because we're all a mess. Every single one of us. 
And if you're in the midst of carrying a heavy weight in your life and someone comes alongside you to assist, man, do not be prideful and be like, no, no, I don't need your help. I don't need it. I got this on my own. Not, don't do that. Get, get up. Like get, let, me, let me get it beside you. Let me help. Don't be prideful because pride comes what? Right before the fall. Not me. I got this. I'm a rock. I'm an island. No, you're not. No one in the room is a rock or an island. The only rock that we stand on is Christ Jesus. Amen? So the biblical idea of community is a radical idea in the world in which we live. Because so many of us are self-reliant. It kicks against our nature. But the truth is that God has created you and I to live in a biblical community where we come along and we bear one another's burdens. Be willing to express where you are struggling and be willing to listen. If, someone's, if someone is coming to you and saying, listen, I do have a burden. Don't be like, oh. How many of you guys have ever said, hey, how you doing? And then they just unpack. And you're like, oh, man, I wish I hadn't asked. Be willing to listen. Even You ask. Be willing to listen. Because sometimes, like last night we were eating dinner, and Aaron looked at a guy, we were eating dinner, and, and this guy he, he knew said, man, how are you doing? He goes, well, not good. And he grabs Aaron and walks for a little bit with him, coming to find out last week his mom committed suicide. So Aaron got to minister to him. Like that brother was plastered. Last night. Like wasted. But he's walking down the streets of Pasca, Wounded. And so Aaron prays with him. So gives him his phone number. Says listen. Call me. Like uh, uh, whatever you need. Whatever you need. That should be our response as Christians to fellow believers. Whatever you need. Let me get in and help. Let me help. Verse 2 says, then the law of Christ is fulfilled. What's the law of Christ? It's the law of love. That we fulfill the entire law of, what's the major two ideas of the law? That you love the Lord your God with what? All your heart, all your mind, all your soul, and all your strength. And what? Love your neighbor as you love yourself. Fulfill the law of Christ by bearing one another's burdens. Amen? So now we can see this in context. Christ loved you and I so much that he carried the heaviest weight of all. all The heaviest burden of all. He carried the weight of your sin on his shoulders. So by that fact, you and I have the ability by Christ to come alongside and lovingly carry one another's burdens because Christ has carried your burden. Not an amen. Golly, come on, folks. Y'all awake? That, that, that's the truth. Then verse 3 and 4 says, If any one of you thinks he's something when you're nothing, you're only deceiving yourself. But let each one of you test his own work, that then his reason is to boast in himself and not in his neighbor. Like this is the thing that we need to understand. When we as believers have a clean and clear slate for a season of our lives and we think we're doing good, 
We're like, oh man, I'm, I'm doing this good, man. I've been at church consistently. I didn't scream at anybody at work today. I didn't act crazy. I didn't do something stupid. Man, my wife and I are getting along awesome. We can start to think, man, I've got this thing figured out. Yeah, I'm awesome. Scripture says, man, <laughs> we can start to boast in ourselves. And we can begin to boast in what we have, what we perceive that we have accomplished. One of the most irritating things I see in the world are the bumper stickers that say like, my third grader could beat your college student. Or my kid's smarter than your kid. Or my husband's better than your husband. Or my wife's better. Like those, that's just an arrogance that is not, quit it. Like good deal your third grader got a trophy. Everybody, I mean, we live in a world, everybody gets, you get a trophy, you get a trophy, you get a trophy. Like, that's the world we live in. Like, come on, quit, quit boasting in yourself. Man, it's Christ that we should be boasting in. When you think you have something when you're nothing, you contend not to be willing to step in and help someone who you see as less than you. If you look at somebody that you view as less than you, you're going to be like, yeah, I don't know if I need to help them. Or if you do, you want to come in and hoard that over them, lord that over them, that man, look what I did for you. You better pay me back. We don't do these things to get paid back. We do it because Christ has done it for us. All, all of us, all that we're doing is we're fooling ourselves into thinking we're something when really we're nothing. We have nothing to boast in in and of ourselves. All that you and I have to boast in is that Christ and his finished work on the cross. So don't, don't hold your spirituality over someone else in hopes of showing them that you're religious and that you're spiritual. That's the new term. Oh, you're spiritual. Don't do that. Shine the light of the gospel into the dark, treacherous paths of life so that God would be glorified and men and women would be saved. Like that's what we should do. Shine the light of the gospel into the dark, treacherous paths of life so that men and women see it and they glorify God and they're saved as a result of it. Amen? That's what we boast in. That's what we boast in. And let me, verse 5, it, it says, it tells us that we're responsible for our own loads. Don't, don't be the guy or gal that just sort of kind of throws everything up. Oh, I've got a hangnail. I need somebody. Don't be that. Don't, don't be that person that just pukes your problems you know, every time. Because there's going to be, there's, there's a season. How many of y'all know people that are just like, you see them coming and you're like, oh, how are we? Oh, grab my phone. Oh, yeah, I'm on the phone. Oh, sorry. Hello. You don't want to, because you know that they're just going to vomit out whatever, you know, small and minuscule. I'm not talking about, like, when big things come, the idea in the text is overpowering weights. Don't tell me, like, that's great. You got a hangnail. I do too. Actually, it's right here. You guys want to see it? Don't. That's what verse 5, look at verse 5. It says, for each will have his own bear to load, or his own load to bear. His own load to bear. You're responsible for your own load. All this means is every one of us have a routine and a life that we go through, and we all 
have something. Where, you know, we, have a, we have a routine. We have normalcy. We have things that we should be doing. Don't be the person that hands everything over to somebody else to carry. We live in a consumer-driven Christian church culture that, man, I have seen people leave church because they're like, you know, they didn't like the music, but they, instead of being honest, they just say, well, I just wasn't being fed. I wasn't being fed. Really? How long have you been in church? I know I've been in church for 40 years, but I just wasn't being fed, so I moved on. Well, according to Hebrews chapter 5, verse 12 says, you, by this time you ought to be teachers. You've been in church for 20 years and you're still, oh, feed me. Feed me. No. Feed yourself. Like you should be pouring into somebody else. But you're like, I don't want to. That's your own sin. That's where you need to repent. Be willing to wear, bear your own burdens as well. Help those that need help. But man, don't be the burden to somebody else. There's going to come a day when you and I will need to be able to hold our own sword when it comes to this thing of making war against the enemy. There's going to come a day when you need to train yourself. That's what in, in 1 Timothy it says, train yourself in godliness. Train yourself in godliness. Why? Be able to wield that sword at the enemy. Man, if I always had to have, if I always had to have somebody beside me to do this, if I always had to have a preacher, oh, I gotta call the preacher. It's time to call the preacher again. No, you gonna there comes a, there comes a season where you're gonna need to like listen. Those that are babes in Christ, if you're man, if you've got a little baby like in Christ, I should never be like oh you know when Noah was little. Noah would sometimes stumble and fall. I wasn't. I didn't look at him and go like, moron. Get up and get a job. Like, I didn't do that. He's a baby. Like, I didn't do that. We've got we to gotta have a different mentality. We live out, we are to live out in biblical community towards one another and when we need each other, we need to be there for each other. But man, don't be, bear your own load. Look, what's it say? Keep going, verse 6. One who is taught the word must share all good things with the ones who he teaches. Man, you don't hoard that in, just be like, keep it to yourself. Man, start to teach others. That's the idea of making a disciple. I, Christ disciples me, so as a result of Christ through the word discipling me, now I go find somebody else and disciple them. Whoever discipled me before, now I, I replicate and I go out and I go to make disciples. In this type of community, everyone does their part. And someone that is struggling, we, did, we are to come alongside and help and love them until they're able to get back up on their feet and do what Christ has called them to do. Like, let me, I'll be honest, there's coming days, there will be days when you're going to have struggles, where it's going to be difficult to get out of bed. Anybody? That's where we come alongside and love, lovingly come alongside and bring them back. That way they, when they've gotten to the point where they're up and running, they can go to the next person and help them down. Or maybe the person you helped up, maybe a couple months down, a couple years down the road, you're down and they come alongside and help you. We are to bear one another's burdens. We are to love each other well. And this is to be played. Now listen. This is best played out in a gospel-centered community, a church. 
We are to be rooted and grounded in the gospel-centered church. You are like when you, when when you're rooted and grounded in a gospel-centered church, you're far less likely to fall into sin. Because you've got people that will hold you accountable and encourage you. Doesn't mean you won't, you might, but you're far less likely to be ensnared in the trap of sin. And if you do fall, there is someone, there is somebody on the path to help you get back to where you were and restore you. That's the idea. Those that are spiritual, come alongside and help restore them. That's your job as a Christian is to help restore those that are struggling in their faith. Like, why would we not want that as a church? Why would you not want someone to come alongside you and help? Like that is, we're, we're called to come alongside and love one another. I could never be a twice a year person. Like we just had the big one last Sunday. Room was full. And guess what? We won't see them again until the, the holidays. I could never be a twice a year Christian. I use that term very loosely because they're not. If you're a twice a year Christian, you roll into the building just to check in, check the box twice a year. That's not a believer in Christ. That's a cultural Christian that is not saved. You've made an idol of who God is. You worship a false idol and you pursue a God that's not real. And at the end of the journey, you're not going to heaven. That's not me. That's the word of God. If you do not hunger and thirst for righteousness, it is a very good sign that you're not a believer. You and I have been invited into a table of blessing and to eat with royalty. But you've refused because we didn't like the location of the castle. Ah, I don't like the way they I don't like it. Or I didn't like the people, I didn't like the guard at the front door. You know, you walk up to a castle, you've been invited in to eat in with the, the, the feast with the king, and you're, and you're stuck at the front door because you don't like the, gore, the, the door guard. Now yeah, he's ugly. He's arrogant. I don't like him. He's a hypocrite. He's a hypocrite. How shallow is that? Some of us are missing out on the blessings of who Christ is because we're, look, we're not looking far enough down the hallway to see the king. We're stopped at the door decorations and we're like, I don't know. I don't know if I like it there. I'll say it again. If you are not coming to church because the church is full of hypocrites, that makes you a very small, small person. It takes a small person to hide behind a hypocrite. And I'll tell you a little bit more. Um, people say, this is my standard response to people who say, oh, no, I'd beat out the church, but it's full of hypocrites. I'd say, come on down, we need one more. Come on down, we need one more. Because every single one of us in this room at some point in our lives have been hypocritical, amen? I have. You have. I guarantee it. There's been a point where you've been hypocritical. Come on down. We need to, this is not a showboat for the saints. I don't have a chorus line. I don't have a chorus line up here. It's not a showboat. Like this is a battleship for the saints to get in and do battle together. Like we're in here. We got a we got a mess hall. We got a we got a place where we can fix up and patch up the wounded. Come on, let's go, man. I'm not looking for a cruise director. I'm not your cruise director. 
We've got shuffleboard on level two. I'm not doing that. Man the guns, man the boat, man, man your weapons, let's go, come on, let's get in this together, let's fight. And those that have stumbled and fallen, and come alongside them, pick them up, pick them up. 